Hello everyone and welcome to Daily Newspaper Analysis which is brought to you by Lawseco. Today we have a lot of articles to discuss and all are very interesting and different from each other. The first article is from the Hindu which is titled as Strengthening the Process of Choosing the Police Chief. This article talks about the long discussed debate of having the reforms in the police system and why do we need these reforms specifically in the current scenario and what can be the ways through which these reforms can be brought. The second article is again from the Hindu which is titled as the last word on the state and temples. So this article talks about that why having a state control over the temples specifically if we talk about the Hindu temples so why is it not an ideal idea and why it should be taken off now. And the third article is from the Indian Express which is titled as a fresh push for green hydrogen now as we know that we have already the national hydrogen energy mission in india so what are the prospects of having the energy through hydrogen in the country and how can it be done in a more sustainable manner has been discussed in this article and finally we have the news in flash column with this let's start our discussion for the first article which is about the police reforms appointment of police chief This article has been highlighted due to the removal of Parambir Singh from the Mumbai Chief Commissioner's post as we know that there was a huge tussle over there which we had already discussed in our newspaper analysis so due to this again the very idea of having reforms in the police system has been highlighted so if we discuss about that what is the current appointment process in the police system basically it is the state government that exercises the control over the state police through unregulated power of appointment now this is not a problem that the state government has been given this power but the problem here is that this power is completely unregulated unchecked and thus the state government many a times behaves according to its own whims and fancies and thus no independent process to access the suitability of qualified candidates is taken place so that is why it is very much possible that the state would appoint or the state government would appoint the people who are more likely to favor the state government in the long run and that is why there is no particular independent process that would actually assess and examine the suitability of any particular qualified candidate also the government's assessment remains opaque and is an exercise behind closed doors now when we talk about a system as huge as the police system then it is very much important that the people who are appointed to various posts of the police system they are appointed by a process which is transparent enough because ultimately these people have to serve the citizens at large and that is why if they are the people who are not qualified to either sit on those posts or who are biased towards the government then definitely a good functioning of police system can never be expected and that is why this system which is so opaque about the appointment and removal and specifically the appointment this is a big problem in the current situation so we need to ensure the right balance between government's legitimate role in the appointment and removal along with the need to safeguard the chief's operational autonomy now here what we need to understand is that though yes it is important and it is ideal that we are giving this legitimate role to the state government for the appointment and removal but then again it should be brought to a proper balance with safeguarding the roles and responsibilities and also the autonomy of the chiefs just like in the case of parambir singh in from the mumbai police commissioner's post now here are some very good ideas and very good steps that have been suggested in this article which can be taken to ensure this right balance which we are talking about the first one is to establish an oversight panel 
so basically what this oversight panel would do that it would shift the responsibility of appointment and removal to a bipartisan independent body what happens is that when the state government itself is appointing specifically the chiefs and the other officials of the police system so as we discussed that there is a good chance that the state government overlooking the merits it would only put forward or it would only recommend the people or any such officers to these posts that are more likely to favor the state government and thus in the long run if at all any investigation takes place against the state government then definitely this police officer would favor the government itself so that is why to avoid such such, such situation it is suggested that an oversight panel shall be made which shall have the responsibility of appointment and removal to an independent body so it will function function like an independent body and thus the state government shall not have any kind of direct control over this and so transparency can be ensured then it was recommended by the national police commission in 1979 and then it was reaffirmed by the supreme court in the prakash singh case so not only it was the uh, oversight panel was brought once rather it was also recommended by the npc which is the national police commission in 1979 and also in the year 2006 it was further reaffirmed by the supreme court in the very famous prakash singh case also the model police bill of 2015 had provisions for a multi-party state police board under section 8 of the bill then it also says that we need to have some reforms in the sscs which is the staff selection commission which ultimately brings various kinds of posts to the police system as well and thus this entire process need to be more merit based and thus it needs to make sure that only the people who deserve the post in the system are given such positions also it says that we need to increase the transparency and the objective criteria for selection and removal should be presented and should be given in clear and loud words then the basic safeguards to secure the autonomy so as we know that though the police also it functions under the state government but still it should be made sure that the officers under the police service they have some amount of autonomy so that they can work independently and without any kind of biasness now it says that prima facie satisfaction of the government alone is not sufficient ground to justify the removal which was said by the supreme court in tpc in kumar versus union of india in the, in the year 2017 So it was a very good judgment that came in that just because the government or you know the state government is satisfied that cannot be a reason enough to remove any person from the police services and thus we should ensure fairness in the administrative decisions. So there were seven directives that were given by the Supreme Court. First, to constitute a state security commission. Second, to fix two-year tenure for the DGP. Third, a two-year term for the SPs and the SHOs. fourth separate investigation and the lno functions fifth set up police establishment board sixth set up police complaints authorities at state and district levels and seventh and finally set up national security commission at center level as well with this let's discuss the second article for the day which talks about the state control over hindu temples So amidst the recent electoral campaign in Tamil Nadu a movement has taken place for free freeing the Hindu temples from state control has gained some traction Now if we talk about the state control and the temples the Hindu kings habitually employed the ministers to supervise temples and charitable bodies So this was also the law relating to Hindu and Mohammedan religions endowments by PR PR Ganpati Iyer so this was also in his book So the constituent assembly back then ensured that the resources vital to the commonwealth were properly managed 
so it was the state's duty to guarantee that a temple dedicated for public use was put to such use so in the initial days it was the state that was given the duty that if at all there is any particular temple there is any particular religious site which needs to be there for or which needs to be dedicated for public use it should be made sure that it is being put to public use and also articles 25 and 26 of the indian constitution which are also the fundamental rights which come under freedom of religion they provide for freedom of conscience and right to freely profess practice and propagate religion subject to public order morality and health but now these days some demands have uprooted regarding freeing up the temples from the state control so if we talk about the other religions so if we talk about islam the waqf act of 1995 says that the government exercises substantial supervisory control over management of properties dedicated for religious purposes under muslim law and even if we talk about the christianity in kerala repeated demands have been made by reformist christian groups for creation of state managed committees to administer the church finances and properties so if we see the stances have been different for different religions now the reason can be that why state is given this power to take the control over the temples is that that there is a chance that if at all the temple control or the temple endowment is given to any particular group of hinduism or any particular group of religion then there is a good chance that some kind of discrimination might be seen as we know in the primitive times also even before the constitution of india had been enacted and enforced the dalits or the harijans were not allowed to even enter the temple premises and in such a situation the fundamental rights which gave us the right to equality and even if we talk about freedom of religion it gave everybody belonging to any particular religion or any particular caste to have equal access and rights to enter any kind of religious premises that is why till then from then till today the state has made sure that these temples and other religious places are given equal access to all the people and thus no any kind of discrimination takes place on any particular ground and that is why perhaps if at all these temple administrations are given back to the hindus or any other kind of religious groups as such so there is a good chance that such kind of discrimination or this kind of discrepancy might be seen in the future and that is why it is to be a, it is a big question of debate as to whether or not the state should lose its control over the temples specifically if we talk about the hindu temples with this let's discuss the final article for the day which talks about the push for green hydrogen so it says that india will join the 15 countries in the hydrogen club as it prepares to launch the national hydrogen energy mission so this year itself in the budget the national hydrogen energy mission was launched and this has been a very aspirational project as to which india will have a lot of independence in its energy production wherein hydrogen would be used as a very important source of energy So if we talk about the key targets and some relevant data so if we talk about the global target it is to produce 1.45 million tons of green hydrogen by 2023 please always keep in mind whenever we use this term green hydrogen or green you know of uh, methods it does not mean that it would be particularly colored as green rather the word green symbolizes that something that is eco friendly in nature all right so if we talk about india specifically it currently consumes 5.5 million tons of hydrogen which is primarily produced from imported fossil fuels but now the very thing that makes this national hydrogen mission a unique one in itself is that 
in this case the hydrogen would be produced by the electrolysis of water so it will be actually the water which is abundant definitely it is abundant in nature so that water will be used to produce the hydrogen so by 2030 green hydrogen demand could be up to 1 million tons in india across application in sectors such as ammonia steel methanol transport and energy storage as well This article also provides for various steps that can be taken up to scale up the commercial scale or commercial production of the hydrogen. So it has given five recommendations. First, decentralized production must be promoted through open access of renewable power to an electrolyzer. Now, as I just mentioned, that this National Hydrogen Energy Mission would actually use the process of electrolysis of the water through which hydrogen and oxygen would be separated, and thus the hydrogen as a source of energy shall be stored. so it provides that it should be decentralized production as in that every district every area in the country every corner of the country should be provided with this particular benefit and with this particular method and process second mechanism to ensure access to round the clock renewable power for decentralized production so it is not something that should take up at a particular time or date rather it should be a round round uh, the clock production so that we can totally uh, we are totally in position to cover up the energy requirements of the country thirdly take steps to blend blend green oxygen in existing processes especially in the industrial sector and improve reliability of hydrogen supply so it says that in in the industrial sector also which currently relies a lot on the coal uh, as a source of energy so there also hydrogen should be supplied as a source of energy fourthly policy makers must facilitate investments in early stage piloting research and development needs to advance the technology for use so definitely there should be more research and development in this area and finally and fifthly learn from experience of national solar mission and focus on domestic manufacturing and thus they should secure raw materials supplies so that is why if we at all talk about like the national solar mission so we should also focus on domestic manufacturing of the hydrogen energy as well with this let's see what do we have for news and flash today UNCIRF recommends India and Russia for countries of particular concern tag so a US congress constituted quasi judicial body on wednesday asked the biden administration to designate four nations including india as countries of particular concern alleging that religious freedom conditions there in 2020 continued their negative trajectory even in 2021 as well so the report also recommended the state department to redesignate 10 nations as countries of particular concern second indian ads further pro, further put forward the gender stereotypes so if at all we consider the indian ads so women characters dominate the screen time and even the speaking time but one of the drivers is that their depiction for the selling cleaning supplies and food and beauty products only they are done to the women consumers so this again it's a kind of a hypocritic situation and also it shows the gender stereotype prevailing in the country second indian civil services day was yesterday so every year the central government celebrates april 21st as the civil services day it is an occasion for the civil servants to rededicate themselves to the cause of citizens and renew their commitments to public service and excellence in the work So it was on April 21, 1947, that the country's first Home Minister, Sardar Vallabhbhai Patel, addressed the probationers of administrative services officers. And finally, the World Earth Day. So today, that is April 22, is the Earth Day, which is an international event celebrated around the world to pledge support for environmental protection. So the year 2021 marks the 51th and 51st anniversary of the annual celebrations. This year's theme for the Earth Day is Restore Our Earth. 
so this was all for the day we hope it was a good and informative session for you all thank you so much for staying tuned with lossico please subscribe to our channels for such more updates to come